Father, we thank you. We thank you for this manner of love you have towards us. Thank you because you are very deliberate about our lives. Thank you because you have not gathered us and called us to seek you in vain. Thank you because we are again assured that you are up to something with our lives. In coming to us this way this morning, our Father, we are grateful. Thank you, Father. Again, Lord, we present our lives to you. Our desires nearer to you, Lord. That by your mercies, all that you have intended for us will be given. Lord, look upon us this morning again in mercy. As you have begun this morning, Lord, show us your mercy in the name of Jesus Christ. As we look into your word, Lord, we ask that you will open our eyes. Scripture talking about the disciples on their way to Emmaus. While Jesus spoke to them, they confessed their hearts burned. But Lord, unto you open their eyes, they did not arise. Lord, this morning open our eyes, that we will arise henceforth. To take heed to these words. We will arise indeed to shine as light. We will arise to bear these fruits. And Lord, we will arise to honor you. Let your name be honored, Lord. Through our lives, let your name be glorified. As we look to your word, as we look into your word, we ask that you will open it to us. You will open our eyes also. And that our lives will be blessed. Your name will be glorified, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. We want to bless the name of the Lord for this opportunity. Thank God for this time we have together to share God's word. Trusting God that we will not make light this opportunity. As by his spirit he has begun to help us. He will yet help us further in the name of Jesus Christ. This morning we have a topic that is a warning. We have a topic that is a call. Beware of the leaven, leaven of hypocrisy. We'll be sharing or meditating on God's word together this morning as I share with us some of the thoughts that God brought to my heart as I considered this topic, trusting that he will have, having shared it with us, spoken to our hearts. This morning, a few thoughts that began to run through my mind when I began, uh, when I first looked at this topic, I got an assurance and a comfort in my heart that God was indeed speaking to us from the words of prophecy. I noted there that the issue before us this morning, not just that it's a warning, is a demonstration of God's love towards us. Because there are people that will get to know this, but it will be too late. So the issue before us this morning is crucial, is an expression of God's love, and permit me to add that it is timely. Because Scripture says that there is nothing that is hidden today that will not be made open. And so what we are considering this morning is an issue that for some people, it is when what is seemingly hidden will be made open that they will have realized the warning of taking heed to this leaven. leaven sorry. So I see that what God is bringing to us this morning is an expression of his love bringing it to us at this time. And it seemed to me as if everybody will come to know that this leaven, this yeast of hypocrisy should be or should have been watched or should be watched. 
So that God is bringing this to us this morning is an expression of his love. As we will be looking at the scripture, I am trusting God that he will individually, like he has started, he has called us to come back to him. But again, I am believing that maybe we'll have just prayed after the prophecy. But I also believe that God will want to point to us those areas we must be careful about. Initially, I thought the issue of hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is something that borders those who are not of the faith. So they are really not there. So they, they want to claim to be there. But as we will be seeing this morning, I see Jesus talking, even uh, Bible reading this morning, he was talking to his disciples. It's an issue that disciples should also consider. Either to be on our guard, or because some of us, it is already catching up on us, and we are not aware. So this morning, God is asking us to be careful, be aware, beware of this level of hypocrisy. God is calling us to check our lives in case you are seated here and your neighbor will quickly celebrate the level of your work with God. But heaven is not saying the same. God is saying, it's not late. Beware. And for some of us, it is a caution sign so that we will not miss the roots. Why for others, like the word of prophecy is, that came to us, is a call to return. Whatever category we may find ourselves this morning, the essence of caution is to be heeded. Can we believe God that we will arise heeding this caution? I want us to read Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, verse 1, 2, and 3. Luke chapter 12. Luke 12, verses 1, 2, and 3. Please, if you find it, help us to read as we begin to meditate on the word of God. Okay, I'm there already. I'm reading from the NIV version. Meanwhile... When a crowd of many thousands had gathered, so that they were trampling on one another, Jesus began to speak first to his disciples, saying, Be on your guard against the yeasts of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. There is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed. Or hidden that will not be made known. What you have said in the dark will be heard in the daylight. And what you have whispered in the ear in the inner rooms will be proclaimed from the roofs. Amen. This our topic is not the words of one of the disciples of Jesus. What God is bringing to our attention this morning is not Paul saying that I got this revelation and he wrote it as a letter. I noted that the issue of beware of the living of hypocrisy was the word Jesus himself said, spoke to his disciples. And you will agree with me that as much as scripture is very, very serious to us and instructive, we should pay close attention to that which came from the mouth of the master. So the issue before us, Jesus himself was the one speaking. And I began to notice here that Jesus had a crowd, but first, in addressing his disciples, 
that again brought, brought me to the issue of the kingdom lifestyle. Several servants of God have brought the word of God to us from this pulpit on our Sunday meetings, on services, on our Wednesday prayer meet, our meetings. And God has been speaking to us about the kingdom lifestyle. And if you recall, you will remember also that the issue of the kingdom lifestyle is for people who are members of the kingdom. And that at the beginning we noticed that Jesus, the mountain, someone on the mountain, he was addressing his disciples closely on these matters. So I began to notice here that the issue before us, even Jesus on the mountain, raised it with his disciples. And that was where we saw our Bible reading this morning. But that was not the only place. But before we begin to look at these issues, I felt it to be important that we look at what does it mean when we say hypocrisy? What is hypocrisy? As we begin to look at it, what does it mean? Could it be that Based on how we understand it, how we have come to understand hypocrisy, we have quickly exonerated ourselves. Well, let's look at it again. Hypocrisy, I just found that it's to play act or to be acting or to be, to pretend or be pretending. To play acts. Hypocrisy is to act what you really are not. And you know, I will expect that every one of us will quickly ask ourselves. The person you see standing and holding microphone and talking this morning, that is what I'm asking myself. Is this me? If somebody very close to you has known you and you will be revealed again, will it be the same you? Could it be that we have assumed you to be who you really are not? Could it also be that this morning you are seated here, you are committed, you are registered, but you are not a member of the body of Christ. So, but all the while, we still think you are. Let me quickly announce to you that if what several and all of us or several people know you to be is not who you really are, maybe you need to check. You are beginning to think. Maybe you need to really check yourself. Let me not say maybe. You need to really check because you are really falling victim of hypocrisy. But you know, you can't deceive yourself. Who you know yourself to be and what other people assume you to be, does it agree? So the issue before us this morning is how consistent is this our life? You know, very quickly I remember a story, something that happened to me when I, when I was to defend my PhD thesis. My oral defense. One of my professors was quarreling with me when the date was fixed. What was the quarrel? They had given us a list of items to buy for entertainment, for what they were, refreshments, and the rest. And the non-academic staff in my department brought the list to me, and I ruled out two things. I ruled out palm wine and the beer in it. And he called me to his office. And he said, that is the problem I have with you people. You are bringing church everywhere. You are bringing church to the department. Church everywhere. Church, church. But do you know that there are people that will drink alcohol and go to heaven? I was just looking at my professor. He was my supervisor. 
he quoted the scripture to me. And he said to me, we know in parts. I said, Prof, the only thing I will have to tell you is we have one life. Whether in the church or in the department, it is one. So we are not bringing church to the department. It's one life. I don't have another life. I told my professor. It became a quarrel. Some people talk. My HOD called me. Some people will not eat this food if we not bring. I said, is it because of your faith? I said, yes. Thank God you know it's because of my faith. This is where I stand. Brethren, how consistent is your life? Are there places where when this life is checked, we will wonder whether you ever attended church. The truth is that I was standing before my professor and I was about to be examined. But you know, every day we are being examined by how we live. So this morning, God is saying to us, hypocrisy is something that shows how inconsistent a life is. How the, the person seems to have many lives. Is that your case? Jesus is saying, beware. Why is this warning coming to us? Before we begin to look at the core of the issue, I ask myself, why is God warning us? And some of the answers that came to my mind is because it seemed to me, well, first you will have thought, are there tendencies that as we continue walking in this our journey, we will fall prey of this problem, this hypocrisy. But you know, I think it's also instructive that God brought this answer to my mind. As one of the reasons. I noticed that if our lives were to be consistent, the church would have been more impactful. Because God is God. We just sang it. God is God by himself. God, God does not change when his department in the context of my story. God does not change when it becomes business. As we will commonly say, God understands. He doesn't. God does not understand the way we think he does. I found out that hypocrisy could be the reason why though we have many churches as God had actually spoken to us some weeks back we seem to be making less impacts. Could it be that the way we are and look in church is not the, really, the way we really are? If it were so, if we are really like this, then things will have changed outside. Because this life actually is supposed to influence others. It's supposed, it is light. Oh. What did the Bible say in John? This life is what? It's light. And the Bible says the light shines in darkness. Now the issue is that if we are not living in hypocrisy, the implication is that when we are in the midst of darkness, what should darkness do? Cannot understand us. Why is it that darkness seems to be cooperating with us and understanding us? Could it be that what we seem to carry that many assume to be light is not light? Because when darkness and light meet, darkness must give way. Another reason that came to mind is we go about life and get things the way every other person does. It looks to me as if the kingdom life has a way. And for many of us, even though we claim to have this kingdom life, 
we seem not to pursue things of life in tandem, in consistency with the kingdom standard. Could that be why God is saying, beware. But then from where we read in Luke, did you notice that Jesus began to say something there? Can we look at that place? Jesus said, be on your guard against these yeasts. Be careful of this leaven of hypocrisy. It is known so commonly with the Pharisee. But look at what he went further to say in verse 2. What did Jesus say? Let's look at verse 2. What did Jesus say there? There is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed. And that became for me another reason. Could that be why? And that was why I started by saying, Behold the manner of love the Father has shown us. Could it be that against the day of revelation, God is calling us to order early enough. This morning, let us bear in mind that the issue of the kingdom life, you know, as I thought of that, it came to my mind. Do you know that it's not for God's good, it's for our good. The issue before us is, is, for, is for your good, it's for my good. This morning, as I look at the reasons, I want you to begin to ask yourself, could I be one of the reasons God is raising this concern? But I noticed here that Jesus began to say it to his disciples. So, it is also an instruction for those who have resolved. Because if you have not resolved to follow Jesus, if you live double kind of life, we already know that is what you have decided to live. I don't know whether we are together. Is that not so? You know, somebody will say, I'm not disappointed. He's a non-believer. I didn't expect it. I didn't expect any more from a non-believer. But this morning, provincial you are here, and we assume that you are a believer, you are not. God is saying, beware. It will be made known very soon. It's no longer far. By the days, you know, you think back now, 2018 is almost gone. So also the day is almost here. But the Bible says that the Pharisees were people that were characterized with this. And I began to look at it again. And I noticed that Jesus, when he began to teach about the life, the kingdom life, he brought up the issue of hypocrisy. And Jesus quickly noted the life of the Pharisees. One thing I noticed very quickly that I will share so that we will run now is that at the time Jesus was sharing this, the standard, as it were, what looked like the example of a godly life was the life of the Pharisees. In that time, the Pharisees stood as the image. You know, then they had not gotten the standard, which is Jesus. So Jesus began to call his disciples that if the pursuit of your godly living, if the kingdom lifestyle you have come to see and to know is like that of these Pharisees, be careful. But then this morning, it seemed to me as if God is saying that all the while we have been talking about kingdom lifestyle, if your definition is seemingly looking like what the Pharisees have lived and have become like an example to you as the kingdom lifestyle, Jesus said, beware. What do we mean? You know, for some of us, we have concluded that you see this kingdom life, it's not easy. Let's just join them and go to church. When it is Monday, it's business as usual. We just, you know, this thing, they are just saying it's Bible. It cannot happen, I know. It can't be in water, and, you know, it can't be in fish, it can't be fish in water, and it will not be soaked now. You know, that was how the Pharisees were living. They had a kind of life. We will look at them very quickly as we begin to pray. So that we will appreciate the warnings of Jesus. The standard of godliness as was being seen then. Jesus was saying, no, this is not it. Beware of it. 
If you have the time, go home and read. You will see actually before Jesus gave this warning in chapter 11. From I think verse 37 or 39. The many warnings about. You will see how Jesus was dealing with them. You know it got to a point as Jesus was addressing them in chapter 11. They were bold enough to tell Jesus. Say Jesus you are insulting us. That was what they said if you read chapter 11. At a point they say, ah, Jesus, these things you are saying about us, the profess- professionals of the law, the Pharisees, you are insulting us. That's what they were telling Jesus. Jesus said, because I have not said any more, more things. There are several things about the life of the Pharisee. But I'm afraid time might not allow us to look at it fully now. But look at chapter 11 from verse 39 down. You will see them there. The life of the Pharisees had this contamination, the leaven of hypocrisy. Quickly, I will say down that as I prepared, I saw leaven or yeast to mean evil. As scripture will present it, anything that will show a deceit, ill evil, sorry, evil or corruption influencing us. Hypocrisy has that evil in it. I remember when we talked about by their fruit, we shall know them. Just recently, the man of God was telling us that day that from afar you seem to be flowering leaves everywhere. But when we get close, there's a corruption there. There's a rottenness there. Jesus talked about rottenness in that chapter 11. But let's see if time will allow us to look at it. Jesus, while teaching on the mount about the kingdom lifestyle, I noted that three times, let's quickly see them, three times Jesus warned against hypocrisy. In Matthew chapter 6 verse 1 and 2, Matthew chapter 6 verse 5, and Matthew chapter 7 verse 5. Let's quickly see them. Matthew 6, 1 and 2. Read verse 1 and 2 and verse 5. You will see the issue of hypocrisy there. You have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honored by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. Did you see that? That was, you go to verse 5. The first place Jesus, as he thought about the kingdom life, he quickly brought it. The issue of hypocrisy. This evil, yes, verse 5. And when you pray. And when you pray, another aspect again. Do not be like the hypocrites. Don't be like the hypocrites. See Jesus again talking about hypocrisy. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth. They have received their reward in full. Chapter 7, verse 5. Again, still on the mount Jesus went again to talk about it. In terms of our giving relationship with people. In terms of our relationship with God. Nothing is hidden before him. What we read in the Bible reading this morning. And I noticed from there that this is a serious matter. After Jesus has talked about many things. He will not but remind, remind us again and again. In chapter three, 6 he did. When he came to 7 he did. On this kingdom life. It seems to me as if it's a very, very serious issue. We must be very careful. Because the Bible says, a little level, living at the whole long. Small, this hypocrisy may come in subtly. But before you know it, it takes over. You know, as I was looking for that scripture, I noticed that Paul referred to it two times. And he began to give me a word of caution. But let's quickly look at one or two cases of this Pharisee as we check our own lives. What is it that we show for this hypocrisy? Quickly, Mark chapter 7. We will dwell a little on that. Mark 7, 1 to 9. Mark chapter 7, verse 1 to 9. One day, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law 
arrived from Jerusalem to see Jesus. They noticed that some of the disciples failed to follow the Jewish ritual of hand washing before eating. The Jews, especially the Pharisees, do not eat until they have poured water over their cupped hands, as required by their ancient traditions. Similarly, they don't eat anything from the market until they immerse their hands in water. This is but one of many traditions they have clung to, such as their ceremonial washing of cups, pitchers, and kettles. So, the Pharisees and teachers of religious law asked him, Why don't your disciples follow our age-old tradition? They eat without first performing the hand-washing ceremony. Jesus replied, You hypocrites! Listen to the response of Jesus there. Take note of that. Yes. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. For he wrote, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce, for they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. For you ignore God's law and substitute your own tradition. Then he said, You skillfully sidestep God's law in order to hold on to your own tradition. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't think I should even talk again. Did you notice how Jesus began to analyze hypocrisy there? The issue was not even first about washing of hands. The issue was not that hygiene was not correct. Jesus quickly pointed out something we must check in our lives. The Bible says that in response to this seemingly genuine complaint to Jesus, why is it that your disciples, remember, he's still the same disciples, Jesus said, beware of what? The living of hypocrisy. These same disciples, when they began to complain, they listed their complaints. You know, what do you think Jesus would have said? Hi! These people, when I like this, our tradition, no. But Jesus quoted a scripture to them. Jesus said, you hypocrites! Could it be that what you are holding to? In the response of Jesus, he's shouting at you, you hypocrites. He said, you honor God with your lips, but your heart is what? Brethren, this is a, is a first issue. How is your heart? As we are praying this morning, it came up in the prayers. A broken and a contrite heart, God will not despise. You know the very common saying, I can't remember the full story of a young man that was asked to kneel. And he said in his heart, he's standing. Brethren, this morning, is your, your, your lips saying something? Or your heart is far from God? The first issue I noted about the Pharisees is that their heart is not with God. Their heart... And Jesus, this morning, is calling you, bring your heart back. Return with your heart. The priorities of your heart are not the priorities of God. Even as you sing, I love you, Lord. Your heart is far. I also ask myself, how is my heart? Remember, when David was about to be selected. Did you notice something there? And I'm afraid it might even be in the church. When Samuel was asked to go anoint in the house of Jesse, a man, one man, one man. Brethren, the Bible says when Eliab the first came, what did Samuel say? Samuel said, surely this is the anointed of the Lord. Brethren, are we making mistakes by saying, surely this brother is the one In the house of Eli- uh, Jesse, when Eliab came, the man of God said, Surely, 
Brethren, that means there's a way we can carry ourselves. Even our priest will say, surely this one is among us. But what did God say? Men, the way they judge is the outward appearance. But I, God, is the heart. The Pharisees, when you see them appear, you will say, surely the Lord is in his holy temple. Let everyone be holy. But their hearts, Jesus, what did, it was Jesus that said it there. Their heart is far off. How is your heart? This morning, God is saying, the issue of hypocrisy is one that will catch a man's heart. Even men will mistake him to be standing where he's gone. And you know, Jesus was not just speaking, he was quoting Isaiah. He said, so Isaiah was right after all. Brethren, may the prophecy of Isaiah in this case not be right over our lives. Are you so close to God only with your lips or your heart far off? I think Jesus is saying, the door is still open if you will bring your heart to me. If you will return to me. He began this morning by calling us, return! Come again with this your heart. Bring this heart back. It is your heart I'm looking at. Men might have been carried away by your lips, but it's your heart I'm looking for. But you see, Jesus didn't end there. Did he end there? Let's look at again another thing Jesus said. They worship me in vain. Their worship before God is what? In vain. Why? Because that version my sister read, they set aside the laws of God. When it comes to living, the word of God is put aside. And what do they hold on to? The traditions of their fathers. But then what defines your, the, the pattern of your life? What sets boundaries for your living? What sets the boundaries? It looks to me as if Jesus is saying that. If you quickly exonerate yourself that my heart is with the Lord. The question next is, what is setting the boundary of your life? Could that be the reason why you seem to be a Christian? But what defines your life? Is the or in matters that the word of God and your tradition contradicts. You will say, you see, we are not in church. It could be in your office. You will say, let's follow these traditions. You know, it has become so bad that, and that's why I say, I think that's why God is bringing this word to us. We pursue things in life, and our pattern is like others. Our fathers, the traditions of our fathers. But things, God is saying that if we continue that way, we are tending in the path of hypocrisy. The word of God is enough, is able to guide us. And I notice there also that this issue will also not be far from the fact that these men will want to be men pleasers rather than God. Another thing we must take note there. What will give you that cool feeling? Is it the approval of God? Or when our daddy the venerable will say, Ha, ah, thank God for your life. We are blessed by that music. Brethren, this morning, what God has brought before us is very serious that we must check. I can't know it by the way you are looking at me. I don't know it. But you know one thing God is bringing to my mind again? And I think it's important we quickly check it. One of the days as I was meditating on this, it came to my mind is hypocrisy is one demonstration or characteristic or character of a man who has refused to grow spiritually. Because as you grow, you will be revealed. He will be revealed in you. So but because you have not grown and we expect you to be as tall as Mike, you have not grown that tall. You will want to be wearing high heels so that we will assume you are as tall as that. Many of us, we have not given attention to our work with God to grow. 
So because we are we have a shortcoming, we want to make it up. Maybe we have not given attention to what we ought to. Because of time, remember the parable Jesus gave in Luke chapter 18 verse 9 about the Pharisee and the Republican that came to pray. Because of time, we will not read that. I noted something there again about the Pharisee. You know, when the Pharisee came to pray, what was he telling God? He started listing it. God, you see, about fasting. <laughs> God, the grace of God is helping us. The grace of God is helping us. You know, that's how we make, in our own time, that's how we say it. By the grace of God, even though we used to do it seven days before now, but by the grace of God, we are doing it three, three days. We don't miss it by the grace of God. You know, that's how he approached God. About tight, Haba. Go and check the chart record. We are the ones, oh. You know, that was how he approached God. Well, I love the third stanza of the hymn we sang this morning. The Republican understood. And I quickly saw Jesus bringing out another, another leaven of hypocrisy. Approaching God on the merit of our abilities. Not seeing God's mercy. Not seeing that we are a product of God's mercy and all that we will receive is as His mercy will give us. Realizing that we wouldn't have even come this close but for His mercy. Remember Romans chapter 12. Romans 12, 1. In memory verse, many of us know it. He said what? I beseech you. Therefore, brethren, what in view? I don't know whether you understand. You are seeing what I'm, I'm about to share there. The grounds on which we are being besought is looking at God's mercy. In view of God's mercy to present yourselves. Do we come to the Lord presenting ourselves in view of other things? You know, I gave my life to Christ. 19... <laughs> You see, this young people, even this young man that is talking, I'm not sure he was born then. That's not what we used to present ourselves. We are presenting ourselves in view of how early mercy caught us, not how early we have begun. Hey! So this mercy has brought me this far. And quickly I concluded about mercy there. That men who have touched mercy will not joke with mercy. They lean on mercy the more. As you see men that will last and do anything that will matter in God's hands, I began to see there are men that have understood mercy. There are men that know that the next level is by God's mercy. If we have not, if it has not dawned on us, our approach to God is not based on His mercy, but based on the fact that I preached and men cried. Oh, congratulations. That's all you. But this is the mercy of God. And by God's mercy, we look forward to where mercy will carry us to again. So you know what will happen? Anything you do, it's not me. It is the mercy of God. The Bible says, for these two men, one left blessed. And it was Jesus again giving that parable. As we begin to pray, I want us to read this. First Corinthians chapter 5. First Corinthians chapter 5. We'll read verses 6 through 8. 1 Corinthians 5. Yes, read. Your glorifying is not good. Know ye not that a little living, living it the whole lump. Purge out therefore the old living, that you may be a new lump, as you are unliving. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old living, neither with the living of malice and wickedness, but with the unliving brand of sincerity and truth. Praise God. Amen. As we close this morning, I hear Paul saying this in 1 Corinthians 5, verse 6. Oh, let me read it from the NIV. 
He says, your boasting is not good. Don't you know that a little yeast works the whole batch of dough? This thing is small. That comes in. But it spoils everything. So, get rid of it. I hear God say, get rid of it. Set it aside. Actually, they come to him as unleavened bread. Bread without yeasts. Without addition, without corruption. Can we approach God like that? God is calling on us to come in that manner. In these last days, Paul, when he was writing in Timothy, warned that in the last days, men will be lovers of this, that. And he came to a point and say, they will hold on to a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. This morning, how is your heart? How is your life? Is this living? Has it living your whole life? It comes very softly. But the effect takes over all. Let's bow our heads as we pray. I don't know what your response will be to the Father this morning. But I hear God first saying, Get rid of that living. Get rid of that living. Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us. He said, get rid of it. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Could it be you God is talking to? Get rid of it. That old nature. That nature that wants to impress men. Rather than God. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. The word of prophecy had come. And God is saying again. Return. Are you here and God is saying to you again, return. He's pointing it specifically to you. He's not making it general. He's not making it unspecific. He's specific about it. Your heart. Your approach to God. Your standard of living. Your work with Him. Can we speak to the Father this morning? There is nothing that is hidden that will not be made manifest. Don't judge your neighbor. It is not time to begin to look at the little one, the dust, the sawdust in your brother's eye when a whole log is in your own. We are quick to say, you see what I'm saying? That's, you see, it's about this brother. Look at your own self. Our lesson today God was also calling us. Check your life. Forget about anybody sitting next to you. Present your life to him this morning. Has your heart found a resting place? Not in device, nor in creed. Are you living, leaning on his everlasting word? Is Jesus enough? The basis. For which you will come. The Pharisee. In that parable. Thought that God will attend to us. On the, on the merit of what we have done. But he has quickly forgotten that it is. On the mercy. By the merit of what Jesus has done. Can you look again. On Jesus. Pray for yourself this morning. Can you call on him? 
that he will show you mercy. God, we thank you for your word that has come to us. Lord, as we get on in our lives, may we beware. May we be on the lookout. May we be sincere. Thank you because your word does not return to you void. It accomplishes what you sent it to do and prospers in that which you please. Father, your word prospers in our hearts and our lives. And we ask that as you have ministered and watered through our brother, you will minister back to him and water him also and his household. We receive your message fully and with your help we will accomplish it all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.